Fellow teammates, welcome to another episode of the Move Swiftly podcast. I am your host, Aswan Crookshank, the founder of Gym 44 Recruiting and author of Swiftly, Your Guide to Innovative Teamwork. Teammates, 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 as usual, man, I appreciate your support so very much. Today, you are going to become part of history <laughs> because, as you guys know, if you've read the book and you guys have been keeping up with me, you'll know that I've been a trainer at Nine Round for three years now. And today is the first member from Nine Round to join the Move Swiftly podcast, Miss Adelise DeSantis. What's happening, sister? Hi. (laughs) What an intro. Thank you. I'm telling you, you're part of history. I really appreciate you jumping on, man. You're heading it, huh? (laughs) Now, well, the reason I was so excited to to get you on, because I believe you are a member for about a week, not even a week, right? And this was around the time that I was developing as a speaker. I was going to Toastmasters a lot, and I was really trying to hone in on my ability to speak publicly to get over this fear. And you wrote a list of like six or seven different motivational speakers that I need to be following on Instagram. So, so that leads me to my first question today is, why do you care so much? I mean, I was a total stranger to you at that point. What, what is it about you? What is it that has made you care about someone so much? I don't know. Honestly, I don't have a solid answer for that. I think it's just when I listen to someone or I read something that I feel touches something inside of me and it it's transformative. I want to share that feeling. I want to share that feeling no matter what, like even, even within my own life, you know, whenever I've been through hardships, I'm very open to share them because you just never know whose life you're going to change. Absolutely. And and well, you, you, you kind of brought up the right thing you said, reading and and the the caring because you recommended a book. I mean, there it's not only that you recommended the book, there was this lady named Brene Brown that I kept hearing her name over and over and over and again. She is my hero. Did you hear that, teammates? This is exactly what was said. And you guys know I was part of PCA. and there was, I'm, I'm around female. I'm around females a lot throughout my day and throughout my work. I'm around a lot of females. And the name Brene Brown continued to come up. So when I finally had some time to read, you know, read one of the books, I texted Adelaide. I said, hey, which one of Brene Brown's books would you recommend that I read first? And immediately the text came back. It wasn't even maybe two or three seconds. The text came back <laughs> saying, the gifts of imperfection. Nope. <laughs> so that's, uh, I read it. It took me about four days to read it. She was right. It was a page turner. And there were, there were that's what we're going to sort of discuss a little bit today. There were three things. The book starts off with three words. It's courage, compassion, and connection. She starts the book off by breaking those three words down. So with, with that, Adelise, what would you say, how, tell us how courage, compassion, and connection has worked in your life. The combination of all three things has allowed mm-hmm. me to feel some pretty important relationships in my life, you know, at least within me. It's like the whole idea of, of forgiveness, you know, you do it for yourself, not for others. And it's taken courage 
within myself to believe in that and know that I'm worth it. Compassion to know that I have made mistakes, that it's okay that other people make mistakes and that those mistakes are okay no matter what, that we're all human, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, I'm you. and just, I don't know. <laughs> Well, let me let me let me read with you what I have highlighted. I have highlighted when I read it said on one paragraph I said it's only been in the last few years. And I'm reading from the book uh, directly. It said it's only been a last uh, only been in the last few years. I've learned that playing down the exciting stuff doesn't take the pain away when it doesn't happen. It does, however, minimize the joy when it does happen. It also creates a lot of isolation. Once you diminish the importance of something. Your friends are not likely to call and say, I'm sorry, that didn't work out. I know you were excited about it. So with, with courage now, and this is just sort of what I took from it is, you're a business owner. You know, you have your own thing. You're, you're one of those like bosses. You, you do your thing. And we'll, we'll probably get into that a little bit later. But the courage mm -hmm. to, for me personally, when I read it, the courage to have my own business, knowing that I may not get the support of a family member that I thought I would get, that I have to go and I talk to strangers. Like if you're a sales consultant, you're someone that has to make a lot of sales and deal with a lot of strangers, you have to have courage to do that. And, and that's why I was so excited. I, like, I really literally thought about you when I read that, read that portion of the book because what you do isn't easy either. You know, you have two kids to raise and you have a photography business to run, especially during these times. And that's where the, the, there was so much, there's so much of an understanding, you know what I'm saying? Especially to a lot of people listening in, there's a lot of folks out there that are trying to get their businesses started and they're maybe feeling like they're around an environment, they're around family members that don't support them. And we're here to tell you, just keep going. You know, the courage, it's courage to go out and not talk to a family member, but still get your business. Yeah, I mean, you have to just, <laughs> grow grow your grit is what i would say you know plant the seeds to grow your grit because life is tough but once you achieve what you're aiming for man it just it feels so good like it not shooting during quarantine was probably the hardest thing and getting behind my camera at my first session after things kind of started started opening back up I, you know, I was a little scared because I had never gone more than like a week without shooting for years. Wow, are you serious? For years. I hadn't gone more than a wow. week shooting like for years. And then, you know, I shot some stuff around the house and photographed my kids during East or what have you, but I wasn't consistent and I realized how important my business is to me. And so mm -hmm. it's, it's, I was like, okay, well, you know, if I, if I, if I screw up a couple of these shots, like it's, it's all right. It's, I'm a little rusty with, based on what I'm used to. Mm -hmm. but I will thrive because I believe in myself because I'm, I'm doing this courageously, you yes. know, because I'm going out during a pandemic and it's yes. scary yeah. and I'm facing my fear of potentially contracting COVID mm -hmm. and photographing, you know, what I'm being hired to do because someone believes in me because someone likes my work because someone's like, you know what? I want you to capture these moments in my life that I want to remember forever. Well, well, tell us a little bit about how you how you started it, then, and why what got you started as a photographer. Because there's again, there's a lot of listeners that are trying to find. This is why I started the this podcast is so people can find themselves in this world. That's the the tagline. So tell right. them a little bit about what, what you what got you into the business. 
it's kind of a little bit of a combination. So I started in photography mm-hmm. primarily because um, I I always saw my grandmother photographing. She was always Beautiful. shooting. Dude, I love it. I love it already. Right. And so when I was 15, I inherited her Honeywell, her Pentax Honeywell from the 60s. It was a screw mount lens. Um, mm-hmm. I still own that camera. Um, wow. And the light meter doesn't even work on it. I didn't know what the heck I was doing, but I still went out and I used it and I tried and I went to Europe with that camera and I took some portraits that I loved that I still have to these day on print because they're, you know, I shot them on film. Mm-hmm. And when I went to college, um, I studied filmmaking, filmmaking, and I minored in photography and marketing. And, and the irony is what I minored in became my profession. Once, you know, I, I would go to abandoned hospitals and abandoned um, uh, mental institution facilities in New England, and I would break in for lack of a better word. I'm sorry. Dude, hey, like, say, I, say what you got to say. Hey, people, I we got to do like, what we got to do. She is... I, Venezuela, you got to do what you got to do, David. I, I respect that. <laughs> so I would, well, I, this is leading to that. So I would break in and photograph these spaces because right. the reason I was attracted to these spaces is because of where I came from. So I mm-hmm. moved here when I was 10 years old from Venezuela, leaving behind my house, leaving behind my toys, leaving behind my bedroom. You know, it's like yes. one day on August 5th in the morning, we got up of 1996, got on an airplane, and everything was left as it was. My goodness. My goodness. 24 years ago, you know, stand still in time. So I was very attracted at the idea of photographing these abandoned spaces and uh-huh. kind of having more of an anthropological approach to them and seeing, okay, how was this left behind? I wonder what happened the moment that caused this to stay the way it has been for the last 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 80 years, however long it's been there. You know, man, that's um, beautiful, man. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it. I, I didn't all this. All these. Listen, teammates, we've chatted for a while. She's been coming to the gym a long time, and I didn't even know this is news to me. So I'm moved right now. I'm I'm just like you, listeners out there, that's like that, man. I'm that's moved. The, that's the beginning of what attracted me to to capturing and photographing and documenting, and right. then I graduated college and I found myself in a. Well, where, where'd you go? Tell, where'd you go? I went to Emerson College in Boston. Woo woo, okay. go Lions. All right now. Up north, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and by the time I was ready to, you know, enter the workforce, um, I mean, down here in South Florida, there really wasn't much of a market for what I did, which is experimental filmmaking and documentary photography. Mm-hmm. Unless I was going to be working, because it's like even newspapers that use documentary photographers, a lot of the time they're not staffed photographers anymore. They're just, somebody submits, a, a, like photographers will submit their photos of events or things that happened, and they get commission paid on that. Not always, but often enough. So that wasn't steady income enough for me. I couldn't find work anywhere. And, you know, one thing led me to an ad agency. I was there for a while doing some graphic design. And in the meantime, I met the man who is now my husband while I was there. Well, in the mm-hmm. process of us getting married, we worked with our wedding photographer and that sparked my interest in weddings because I was never the type to grow up and say, like, I never dreamed about my dream wedding and my dream wedding dress. Like, that just wasn't me. I knew I wanted to be a mom and a professional mm-hmm. and somehow make it all work. I don't even know yeah. why. But that's why I'm yeah. so deprived all the time. Yes. 
um because that's my goal i guess <laughs> yeah you did it you did it you did it you, i mean i'm doing listen, it i'm, yeah, I'm just doing it suicide. every I, I day i never well, factor sleep I'll let you into that it. goal I, I just never factor sleep into that goal but anyway so <laughs> oh man <laughs> we never do it dude you know a, lot of, this, a lot of entrepreneurs that said now like they felt you on that one <laughs> but, but sometimes you know you can't sleep you yeah, want it so bad you can't it's like it's driving me i, I can't sleep until certain things get done because it's me it's really correct. me i mean i i work you know i work early in the morning when my kids are not up and and during their nap time and after they go to sleep or i find a friend to come help or a nanny and i, I get my work done you know and, and you make it work and anybody who has a a goal worth reaching will know that it takes sacrifice on my end it's sacrifice of mostly my sleep and partially my sanity. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, listen. Oh. It will sacrifice. I hear you. I hear you, man. And again, we can you can talk about that all day, but you you brought up something that that's really important. It's really what I'm excited to get to with you because I'm not a parent yet. I have a niece and a nephew that I'm looking at and I'm always saying I, I bring them up probably every single time. I'm on, on this on this podcast, and I'm always wondering how to teach them in this world, in this world where it's moving so fast, and they're the closest things I have to kids. I, I, haven't, I haven't been lucky enough to meet that special someone, though. But the question is, as we go further in the book, Brene Brown draws a distinction between guilt and shame. It says, guilt, and I'll read it to you guys, guilt equals I did something bad. And shame is I am bad. I am bad. Correct. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. And my question to you is how do you teach your kids the difference in like your day-to-day -day interaction or like by example, how do you teach them the difference between guilt and shame as it comes to when you're disciplining them? I mean, for me, with especially with the older one, um, you know, because she's, she's going to be seven. So she has a little bit more of cognitive understanding of things. And a yeah. badass gymnast. I'm going to throw that out there for you. All right, because I know you don't want to brag on your I'm going to throw it as, out there as for I'm you. I'm sitting in the parking lot while she's practicing, <laughs> talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, I'm working while she's working. Work hard, play hard, dude. Wonder um, where she gets it from, Adelise. It's, it's, she gets it all from my mother-in-law. <laughs> no, but, um, you know, with her, I just... I go into any kind of disciplinary action with her knowing that I too have made mistakes that I too probably have been in her shoes. And I try to empathize with her and I'll say like, why, like, first I'll say like, why did you do that? Or why, why was this something you wanted to do? Mm -hmm. You know, and what did you think was going to happen? Well, I know I'm wrong. And I'm like, are you though? Or did you do something wrong? There's a difference. And I'm teaching her the wisdom to separate the two. And I tell her, I'm like, you're not a bad person. You're not bad because you do this and you do that. And those are things that good people do. But you did do something bad. That one thing you did was a bad thing. And you need to acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've always given her the formula for an apology is, I'm sorry for what I did. Acknowledge that it was wrong. Say, I will not do it again. And follow through with that promise. The best to hmm. the best of your ability. That has always been my formula for an apology. Thank you, Moana and Disney. Now, what do you mean by um? What do you mean by f formula, though? I, I know that that kind of sparks my interest. I know it's going to spark a lot of people's interest because when they go through, they hear the word formula. It's something that 
seems like it could be duplicated. It can be duplicated because right, you're gonna help someone out with this. I I have found when my kid does something that is not correct or that could have she could have made a better choice, you know, I explained to her that when you apologize to someone for doing something that wasn't right, you say, you first say the words "I am sorry." You do have to say "I am sorry" or "I apologize." Own it. Own it, right? Own it, because that takes ownership of your actions. And then mm -hmm. you have to say, I am sorry for, for what? You need to state what you did because anybody can just say a blanket statement thing. I'm sorry. For what? I don't know. I'm just sorry because I know I'm supposed to say that. Well, no, then it doesn't matter. It's meaningless. And an apology is mm -hmm. absolutely meaningless if you just say, I'm sorry. Right. Right. So I'm sorry for pushing my sister. Right. Okay. This is good. This is good. Acknowledge that it was wrong. Say, it is wrong. I shouldn't push her. Right? And then the last yeah. part is, I will not do it again. Promise, promise to try to work on correcting your behavior because what that's teaching Adabel and, and any, any child really, yeah, yeah. This in is a school problem. setting too, what this teaches the child is that I promise not to do it again. That there's always another day that you can work on your goals that you should never settle for mediocrity that you can work on being a better and better person every mm -hmm. moment of your day yeah dude I'm, I'm still learning that to this day it was and i'm man i'm 31 and i'm still learning it it was uh and i probably told you this story but one of the it was at nine round and i pissed off one of the members it was an afternoon, so you you wouldn't know it. It was an afternoon. I pissed her off, <laughs> and apparently she went to Pablo, and she was like, "Man, this asshole—he's an asshole." He said this, da, 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 da. but so the next morning I come in, and Pablo's telling me he's like, "Hey, man, you pissed her off." Da, 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 da. You're supposed to say sorry, and then I said to him like, "But I'm not sorry. Like, why would I go to her and tell her I'm sorry?" And that's <laughs> when I'm why not. That's key. you have to be genuine in your apology. I cannot exactly. Just, that's we why I said it. it. We got into it. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Like, go ahead. Go ahead. Like we got into it, and let, yeah, let me finish. We got into it because I didn't know what pissed her off. Like she didn't come to me and say that pissed me off as so I can't necessarily go call her right now or text her right now and say, "Oh, I'm sorry." I don't know what I did yet. Now, if she comes to me and say this particular thing pissed me off, if I'm sorry about what I did, then I'll say not, sorry. But not to mention, not to you mention that if you were if you were out of nowhere to approach her. Or mm -hmm. anyone for an apology that's coming from news from a third party. There you go. Then how genuine can it possibly be? Because how much is that third party distorting the your your actions that they might not have witnessed, or the words of the other person that you might have not heard? Yeah, it, and, and, and it, it creates be, more of a yeah. Good. Uh, it needs to be an See, A. We well, this this goes back to the Brene Brown. This needs to be an A and B conversation not because so c can see its way out but because it'll breed hopefully connection mm -hmm. it'll breed mm -hmm. connection between those two parties where you guys once maybe had opposing views but down the line perhaps you'll have a deeper connection because you had a, you had an uncomfortable situation that you overcame together it goes back to my children. My daughter, my the older kid pushes the younger kid when they're they're roughhousing, you know, and she yes. overestimates her strength. I'm just a mediator at this point, but I witnessed it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I'm there. I saw both things happen. And I'm like, okay, you need to, and, and, and they're children. They need to be guided in the right direction. But hopefully it teaches them that may when they're older or they're teenagers or adults, you know, and they have mm-hmm. a disagreement with each other as sisters, that they will say, you know what, we got to talk about this. Let's just hash things out, find mm-hmm. a happy medium and, and be there for each other and, and further make a profound connection with one another instead of breeding separation and isolation. And, you know, that's exactly what happened because the next day she came in that afternoon and she goes, I was when I went to kill you yesterday because you said that and we talked it out. So during COVID, I think it was smack. It was Tavy gave her my number and we've texted and she's like, can you freeze my account? And we have a better relationship from that point. You know what I'm saying? So if I would have gone the route that Pablo suggests and just, you know, apologize right away, then we wouldn't have had that. I would have been getting taken advantage of. And it took right. and, it, and it took mad courage from her. I will say it took mm-hmm. some serious courage for her to show up and be like, "Dude, you pissed me off." Right. Because you know what that showed on her part that she has faith in the relationship she has with you as her trainer. Absolutely. She showed Absolutely. Faith in you, and she said, "I did not like that. You pissed me off. You crossed the line. I have boundaries. You did not respect them. Let's 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 try again." Exactly. That's what that said, and and that's pretty. That's pretty courageous. That's pretty awesome. Good for her. Yeah, and, and I respected her more from it, and because we had that, and it's just like you teaching your kids. And I want everybody that's listening. I want you guys to get this. You ain't gonna agree with everyone. Everyone's not gonna like you. You're gonna do some things that piss people off. But when you go about apologizing, when it comes to that next step of how do we repair the situation, make sure it's genuine. Make sure it's genuine because if you just this person has just apologized. That's not living. You're not growing at all. You're just trying to fit in somewhere. Try you're to trying, grow you're from trying the to get situation. by. You're trying exactly. to get by. And that's the thing. Exactly. When it's an apology, it needs to be genuine, and you will feel the growth come from it moving forward. When you don't feel growth, when you feel that mm-hmm. uncomfortable mm-hmm. feeling inside of you that's hard to pinpoint, that's when you know you're apologizing out of being shamed. That's when you yes. know that you don't have it's not guilt it is shame that that is pushing you to apologize and not guilt that's encouraging you to breed better connection with that person it's the it, that's the power of an apology is better connection Woo! she is preaching say it again man the <laughs> because power. That, that literally leads me into that leads me into my next question because uh vulnerability Brene Brown and vulnerability are like, ah, one. She is a vulnerability right. researcher. Woo! Vulnerability. They, they, they should put her picture. They should put her picture in the dictionary for vulnerability. <laughs> All right, they really should because I, this I is what happens. I think better than the ten next to shame because shame would. She's a shame researcher too. I'm telling you, this is what resonated with me because again, we, me, and you have, you and I have had a lot of conversation. What resonated with me is I started a business and there were some family members that just didn't get it. And for a while I took it personally. And when I go out and I try to reach out to people who aren't my family members and they say, I like it, there's this level of vulnerability. The last guest I had on here was a Miami Heat dancer who, whose dad told her she would never be a dancer. And you can feel how, and once you guys hear that interview, you will feel how strong of an adult she became. There's no resentment between my family and I. There was no resentment between her and her father. But there was a sense of vulnerability that you probably hear throughout Elise as well. 
that gives us the strength to keep going. All right. Yeah. So, so my question to you is how do you stay vulnerable though? With proper boundaries, <laughs> with really ooh, good proper boundaries. Ooh, okay. Before you even continue guys, before you continue, you before I jumped on this, I, I listened to, to some Brene Brown YouTube clips and stuff like that. And that was exactly what she said. So just so you know, she knows her shit straight up. So, so when you're, when you're talking, you know how it's gotten trendy to put online, like it's okay to say no. And like everybody is posting it as like a, this kind of cliche self-empowerment meme, right? It's yes. okay to say no. It's just become really cliche to say it. But, but really when you go to the quarterwood, the reason that it's okay to say no is because you are confident enough in your self-worth to establish proper boundaries that protect that worthiness so that the people that are worthy of listening to your vulnerability mm -hmm. will respect those boundaries and you in return will respect their boundaries. But what makes the person worthy? Integrity, showing up, doing the mm -hmm. uncomfortable and having respect for someone's humanity. Man. I'm trying to think no matter like, what, what no matter what listen i can yeah I, so i'm trying to think I, of some examples because that's it's i guess it's so difficult to find that i'm struggling trying to think of examples of you know who would a person be that deserves that you know what i'm saying like the boundaries when you talk about boundaries it, it's so difficult in yeah. my opinion these days to to do that because everything is so out there nowadays yeah. So it's like, yeah. who does deserve this? Right. Who deserve, Who is worthy of hearing your story? Yeah, that, that's a good one, man. That's a good, um, well, you know who's worthy? People who don't shame you or who don't breach shame within your heart. And they don't put you on, well, they they'll try to dirty up, they'll try to dirty up a lot of the things that you work on. Right. It's okay. Like you were talking about these family members. It's okay for these family members to not be supportive or not really get it, but it is yeah. not okay for them to root for your failure. Yeah. And that's the difference. And see, that's what I, that's what I was confused. It might not, it might not support it because they don't get it. And that's there you okay. Go. Yeah, there we go. All right. See that. Okay, okay. This is why I love talking to her. This is why we could go and go this, that's it. That's it. That's exactly my point. I was trying to get to all right, you have an idea and you're listening, you have an idea. You go to your brother, you go to your cousin, you go to someone that you grew up with and they say, I don't get it. That's not them saying they don't love you. Trust me, all right, I've been there, I've been there. <laughs> I put my heart and soul into Gym 45, I put my heart and soul into my book and, and all the stuff I do and she knows I put absolutely everything involved in it. When someone that you felt like would have supported you just doesn't get it, that's not them saying I don't love you. That's not that, all right? It's just simply say they don't get it. Right. And it's okay not to get it because maybe, right. maybe you know, it goes beyond them not getting it. Maybe there's an interpersonal conflict between you mm -hmm. and that person and them saying not getting it is them not confronting their discomfort of heading, like spearheading the conversation that will get rid of that discomfort but them saying yes. like they might just say i don't get it because they just don't they're not ready to 
and showing their feelings as they are. Maybe they're just like, you know what? I just don't want to support you because I'm still upset from AYZ. Doesn't matter. But maybe they're not ready for that conversation. And, and their easiest cop out at the moment is saying, I don't get it. You could Man. push and say, well, what don't you get? Could I explain more? Mm-hmm. You know? And if they say, no, okay, make- then you need to respect that. You need to, because what they're trying to tell you is they're setting a boundary and that boundary needs to be respected. If you expect respect out of them for your boundaries. There we go. There we go. I got you. And, and you okay. know what I've, I've learned too is vulnerability and charisma kind of go hand in hand because you, you get a very charismatic person after they've lived through that. And there's a sense that they've tried everything. So there's like, like a trustworthiness that they give off within the first two seconds of meeting them. So it's almost like you're, you're benefiting they've grown. more. They're great. You see what I'm saying? They benefit, like yeah, you benefit more great. from they, that. They've been- yeah, they've been through they've been through the throes of life. They've had mm-hmm. to reap and sow the seeds of grit and grow their grit to be strong. Wow. And wow. and strong is not about keeping people out and being like this wall of fortitude. That's not strength. That's not real strength. The most vulnerable people are actually the most strong. Cuz it takes a whole lot of strength to be who we truly are, especially in, in the world we live in where, you know, your perception of someone's reality is just, you know, it's, it's, it's a little dilution for lack of a better word of what their true life is like, of, of the mess and, and the craziness of everyone's life, of this, you know, go, 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 go society we live in. And that brings me to my next point which is well the point she makes in the book is gratitude you know being thankful and it is it is a lot more it's easier said than done but and i want to get your thoughts on this how do you and it's well first of all it's very important that we practice gratitude it's not enough to just say (laughs) it's not enough to just say thank you and and that's all i'm gonna i'm gonna give you the mic in a second it's not enough to just say thank you here and there but mm-hmm. you got to practice gratitude in your heart. Can you speak to them about how you practice gratitude every single day? And we, you don't have to get into all the things you've been through, but just know teammates, it's a lot. It's a lot. And, you know, it's up there if she wants to share it or not. But she, you would never know because it's constant, constant, constant. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you for this. So go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I'll give you the mic. Go ahead. It's daily work. It's daily work. And I have my, I have my shit day. Sorry for, for the term. No, no, I, yeah, trust me. I literally have some shit days where I'm just not grateful. I just want to sit on the couch and scroll through social media and numb out, you know, and you just don't want to, you're just kind of throwing the towel in for the day, you know, mm-hmm. and it's okay. And it's okay to have those days, but don't stay there. You know, it's like that U2 song. You know, you're stuck in a moment and you can't get out of it. Well, you got to push your way out of it. And you push your way out of it with gratitude and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. You got to practice your gratitude. You know, my kid has like this awesome virtual school setup, And it's a disaster. Not the setup. <laughs> like I got her like a dry erase board and all these cool markers and all this crap and it's great she's taking care of it but the virtual school situation that these children are in nowadays is a complete shit show 
okay? Yes. And my kid's not even in the public school system where I've been hearing that, like, they're getting hacked and someone's shutting down daily. Like, it's just a hot mess. No, she's in a private <laughs> school, a Catholic school. And, I mean, these teachers have to, like, handle a lot of kids. And it's just, you know, some of the kids are... I mean, it seems like they're antagonizing the teacher from the outside, to be honest, but, but the teacher disciplines and, you know, circles back around when she has her moments of, man, like, she's going to blow a gasket, because if she doesn't, I will. Yes. You know, but she circles back around, and that's her gratitude to the children, to the children showing up and showing her the respect to at least try and sit there, because these are six and seven-year-olds. They're little kids. Mm-hmm. And they sit there from 8 to 2.33 p.m. 8 a.m. to 2.33 Like, that's a long time for a child. And they show their gratitude. I show my gratitude for what I have. Like, yeah, maybe, you know, I choose not to invest my money on designer clothes or design because I'd rather put my money on my business or on my health mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. invest on, on supplements. And that's how I'm grateful to my own body and drinking water, water and respecting my body and make sure I move every day. I got to yeah. move at least once a day so that I can keep my grip on reality, especially during times like these, where it's so isolating and alienating if you're quarantining the right way, which I'm not. I'm not gonna sit there and say, I'm not, like, I'm, I'm going out, I'm, I'm working, my kids in gymnastics, you know, I'm mm-hmm. seeing people, but even then it can be alienating to leave the life we had behind, but you have to find gratitude in the new, normal. I have a roof on my head. Wake up every day. Do a gratitude journal. Whatever works for you. Go for a five-minute walk. Take pictures of the sunrise and be grateful for the crazy colors you get to see at that time of the day. You know, or if you're a night person, you know, be grateful for the quiet of night and you to hear your own thoughts while you're sitting up late at night. You know, like my husband. My husband's a night owl. That's when he thrives. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Like he just, he appreciates that, that peace and quiet in the house. And he, I know that he shows gratitude because he'll do silly little things for his girls. And for me, like, you know, leave like breakfast ready so that I can just heat it up for the girls. Like that's showing gratitude. That's showing love saying, I, wow. I did this for you. That's you know, beautiful. saying like, like, I know he wakes up every morning when I, when my alarm goes up at 545 in the morning, I know he gets up. Like he doesn't get out of bed, but I know it wakes him up mm-hmm. and I'm grateful for him not saying anything. And that's what pushes me out of bed half the times when I don't want to get out of bed so I can show up to the gym and sweat for 30, 40 minutes. At what time again? 6 a.m. Sometimes I make what it by What time 20. again? <laughs> My alarm Just so you guys make excuses, huh? Yeah, I mean, no excuses. Sometimes I go to sleep at like one o'clock in the morning because I'm staying up late working and then my alarm I'm, I don't change my alarm I show up yeah. I go yeah and, and then well there's a few points I, w- I want to kind of remind them or reiterate she said but she didn't spend her money on a bunch of designer clothes she puts her money back into her body and health she makes sure she shows her gratitude by the way she spends her money all right teammates so th- th- there's so so many excuse so many women out there that really, really need to get that point is yes, things are bad. Yes, things are going to get tough, but it really boils down to what are you making a priority? What are you making a priority? What are you making a priority? All right. If you get anything from this conversation, get what she said. It's an everyday practice. These very, very small things 
will change your world. I mean, just think about, look, have you ever seen a bad sunset? Have you ever seen a bad sunset? Just no, think about the, the idea of looking at it and accepting the fact that you get another 24 hours. You mm -hmm. get to do it. You didn't get COVID. Or you, if you did get it, you survived it. Listen, you have to take on these little things. And all of the haters, all of the people that told you no or the rejection, I swear to God, dude, they just won't matter. Two, one or two things will happen. They're going to behave differently or you won't care because you're appreciating things on another level. You're appreciating the fact that, you know, the husband doesn't wake up at, and that, that's a real marriage, by the way. That's a real, that's a, that's an episode for another day. That's a real thing is when she can recognize that her husband appreciates these little things, that's something that works. That's not that superficial bullshit that is on social media. That's not that. It's something real. And I, and I will say that there are days where he bitches and complains about my alarm. Early. But it's those little things that but you then, see, right? And, and but, it's then, like but then I come home, hold on, but then I come home after I work out and I get the kids going and everything's kind of going. And, you know, when he starts his day and he's like, dude, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was kind of a prick. I'm like, it's okay. Just Love can you it. not, Love like, can you, I'm like, can you just work on not saying, I'm like, if you don't have anything to say that's nice or encouraging, just don't say it. Cause it's hard for me to get up to just, and there he gets go. it, and little by little, he's respecting that wish of mine, very, very honorably. Oh, man, and, and well, just that story leads me into my next question is, what's the difference between happiness and joy? Happiness is, mm -hmm. happiness is just affected by outside factors. Joy is a, joy is a, <laughs> is a, is a, is a predisposition, is a disposition toward life. It's a, it's a way of how you approach life. I can tell That's you right now. That's the fire, sister. I can tell you right now, I feel sheer happiness when I'm photographing a client and it doesn't matter if it's rainy or not or if they have the perfect outfits or not, but when there's just like this connection immediately and I walk away with this like sense of electricity in my blood, my skin, and just feel so happy that I was with them. But that's mm -hmm. not joy. Joy for me is knowing like what I just, the example I just gave you about my husband mm -hmm. that sometimes he will complain, but then he comes back around and apologizes and little by little, even though maybe he doesn't realize it, but he's working toward not making me feel bad about my super annoying early alarm. Mm -hmm. And I wake up and I'm like, okay, you know, wake up with joy, feel gratitude. All right, let's put these gloves on, go sweat and make it worth his while too. Because I need to be mm -hmm. grateful that he's sacrificing something for me too. Mm -hmm. It's just how you approach your life. It's how you like, I, I you know, it goes, it, it goes hand in hand with gratitude because it's really hard for you not to live your life practicing gratitude without exercising joy as well. And you know what it also does too, is it, it keeps the person from getting complacent. Yeah, it really oh, does. It keeps a person from getting cut because it can lead. And let's say we're just chasing that happiness feeling. You're going to end up with someone that you're not supposed to be with. You're going to chase this feeling of happiness right now. And you won't, like you said, the disposition of joy is really seeing the big picture. Really, right. really seeing her day to day. So, yeah, I'm happy when I'm photographing and all this. Right. But the real joy is to know I'm going home to someone that I am. That is the guy I'm supposed to be with. There's no doubt right. about it. There's that nobody else that's going to make me, right, yeah, there's a bigger after, pit, right. But after my session that ran late, that caused my daughter's swim class to be canceled, that he's still mm -hmm. going to be there for me, and 
made lunch for the kids and you know now he needs like his 10 minute break like pool like whatever you know that that he is my teammate you know that i can look teammate. back and say, yes, yeah she's he's my teammate. <laughs> and then i can look back, and my kids are my teammate too and i look back and i think of everything we've accomplished in the last you know 10 years we've been together i'm uh -huh. like wow i was a baby when i knew you and look at us now I love it, man. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. You are moving swiftly up in here. Teamwork, <laughs> your guide to innovative teamwork. Shameless plug. Go get your copy, please. <laughs> All right. So my next question. Well, it, it kind of you sort of started to answer it. Faith and uh, reason. Faith and reason. How do they clash? I mean, other than the science religion crap. What do you mean? <laughs> like when you get faith. Faith is something, the way, kind of the way it's described in the book, right, is there's faith and there's something that's not seen. You have to have faith that you're going to get this next thing. But reason is I don't do this and I don't get paid. Or there, there's more of a, a way of immediacy with reason. Like it, it'll keep you from doing a certain thing, if that makes sense. Sort of. You get like, well, let's look at the definition between of faith. You get what I'm saying? Faith, you know what faith means, right? Yeah. And then you know what reason means, right? Mm hmm So how, do the, how are those two different? I mean, once your gut, once your brain, but you have to remember that. Ah, yes, there we go. All right, see, so, you know, this is why, again, I love, I love talking to her. <laughs> well, once, you're, right. once your gut, once your brain, but what people often forget is that both of those organs live inside one body. There be, and that area, that's where I was trying to get so you. So you have to kind of find a way to make reason work for faith and faith work for reason. It goes back, like, for me, my faith is what, what pushes me to keep going. You know, what pushes mm -hmm. me to push through the discomfort. What pushes me to put, to put myself in a, in a place of vulnerability when need be. Yes. And my reason is what pushes me to wake up every day and be like, okay, you need to be grateful. You need to practice gratitude today. You need to practice joy. Because if you don't, you're gonna go, you're gonna enter the, the very slippery slope of a downward spiral. You're gonna find yourself in a very bad place, mentally and emotionally. All right, I got you. So reason keeps you in the moment and faith, <laughs> faith is understanding that something, that whatever it is you want is gonna happen. Correct. But reason keeps you in the moment. All right, teammates, so you guys understand that this moment whatever you're going through in this moment yes that's the reason but the faith you have to have a solid amount of faith or you're going to stay in the moment you're not going to grow i mean so if you, it, it, you know go ahead. if you remember like you can just if, if people can just remember that faith and reason live within the same body yeah. your body then they'll remember to just find a way to make them balance in a way that works for them not against them that's where I was trying to yeah, that that's exactly what I was what I was needing clarity on myself. And I'm sure everyone in listening in just got some clarity on that as well. So man, as you well, I'll guess this is my final question is it's not really a question, it's just any any advice you wanna offer to mothers out there that are struggling, that are trying to do things, or someone who may be in this soul suck soul sucking nine to five. <laughs> Anyone that I'm sure is inspired by listening to you, just give them any advice that you want to share. 
live wholeheartedly. And, and those are not my words, neither my advice. That's actually Brene Brown's advice, you know, mm-hmm. and, and find your way to some of her books. And if you don't have time to read, don't make an excuse. There's audiobooks, and she reads some of them. And if you don't want to sit and read a five hour audiobook in, you know, five days, an hour each day, then mm-hmm. there's 20 minute TED Talks. There's a way. There's always a way. Just like, you know, you don't want to sit and read swiftly for two hours, two and a half hours, three hours. There's, there's the podcast. Invest 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour. You know, invest in yourself. Invest in yourself, not, not in the material things that will bring you happiness for a moment, for a week, for two weeks, for a month, for six months. You know, you don't need a Peloton to do bike riding. You know, as everybody, everybody, if anybody looks me up, they'll see I had COVID. It's on my Facebook page. It's, a, it's public, you know, and I contracted COVID at work, unfortunately. Um, but the thing that pushed me through that illness was the courage to go out and exercise, not in a gym, not in a crowded park, but in my backyard or going for bike rides, you know, when it was really hard, but just doing them, doing them. I didn't need a Peloton. You know, I didn't need a $2,000 bike. Do I want a Peloton? Hell yeah, I want a freaking Peloton in my room. Looks amazing. I would use it every day. I would use it all day long. I would do my work on the Peloton. I hear you. And but you know, I, well, I, I don't know I don't if you met it. David, but David, uh, David was a nine round trainer. He's, he's working with them now. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I, I don't need it. I have a bicycle in my garage, a bicycle, mind you, that was gifted to me. So there, and I have to show gratitude. I have a bike that was gifted to me. And the best thing I could do for having coronavirus right now is to exercise my lungs so that I can invest in my lungs and my body and give them the best possible chance to overcome this, not get anybody else sick, and be there for the ones that matter, for my husband, for my children, for my parents, for my brother, for his girlfriend, who is an amazing person, so full of life, for my nieces and my nephews, for those people, that's what matters. (sighs) Man, it's... Sad to say this is coming to it and I, we could talk for hours and hours, but um, the last thing, I do this thing with all the guests, what's uh, word association. I'm gonna say four words and just give me a one word response of what you think of when you hear these four words. Cool. I'm not good with these. I always give you like sentences. I'm gonna it's try. All, it's all good, it's all good, it's all good. <laughs> there, listen, the last guest I had, I gave it to her and it, we ended up having another five minute conversation, so. You okay, because you know I'm very, you know, you know, I have a lot to share. I have. They are what you call triggers. This is why I, I, I hope you're not mad at me for putting this out there, but she don't watch This Is Us, guys. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> but no. listen, it's starting to trigger me the same way the last season did. Oh, boy. So I feel you. Anyway, word number one, fear. Overcome. Okay, you're starting off right. Word number two, toughness. Resilience. What are you kidding me? What'd you say? Resilience. And guess what the third word is? Resilience. Yeah, resiliency. Vulnerability. This is the second second time this has happened. All right. All right. Final (laughs) word then. Final word is loyalty. Loyalty. Hmm. Integrity. Boom. 
All right. Uh, so before I officially close, I give my guests an opportunity to plug whatever you want to plug. I know you got some businesses and socials. Just say what you need to say so they can reach out if they have any questions and want to work Absolutely. with you. Thank you so much. I, I loved having you. You know, anyone who is looking for an amazing and super fun family and event photographer, I'm happy to travel. Yes, even with COVID, because right now I have antibodies, so I'm kind of riding the high train right now, but we'll see how long those last. But it doesn't matter. I'll be there. Masks, face shields, gloves, hand sanitizer, and all. And I'll have some inappropriate jokes probably here or there just to get the adults to giggle because, you know, sometimes, sometimes dads just don't like photos. But I have yet to walk away from a session where a guy says, that sucked. Usually they say, that was actually easy or that was fun or I can't wait for next time. Now, where, where can they find you though? What, uh, what's your, so did they just put your name in? Yeah, if they, if they look at Elise DeSantis photography, so A-D-A-L-I-Z, DeSantis, like the Florida governor, but not related, mm -hmm. photography, they'll find me on Instagram, on Facebook. My website is adelisedesantis.com. And if anybody wants to send me an email, even if it's just to share their thoughts on how they agreed or maybe horribly disagreed with my words today, which is totally fine. <laughs> all, all is welcome. Just be respectful. That's my boundary is respect. Yes. Um, it's hello at AdeliseDeSantis.com. And if you still don't know how to do that, maybe just message Aswand and I'm sure he can send it to you because we both have very interesting spellings in our name. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll include all that in the show notes as well. And just so you guys know, this is a, an example of charisma. Just to wrap up this whole conversation, <laughs> it's an example of charisma. She's not afraid of anyone that agrees or disagrees. She's like, come with it, because there's a belief and she's been through enough to say, I'm ready for whatever. Ready for whatever. Love it. Come I love you. <laughs> we'll pick it up tomorrow morning at the gym, I'm sure. And I'm this might even get some people showing up at the gym just through the, the energy, really, the synergy between the two. Honestly, I would love that because I love being there early in the morning. I love seeing the sunrise through the glass. I just <laughs> wish we had more people because there's a certain special synergy that happens when there's like about three or four at least people in the gym and you are just kind of looking at each other and pushing each other and you're there for one another in a very silent, mm -hmm. very focused way. And I love that feeling. That's what's yeah, addictive yeah. about going there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I feel you, man. I feel you. All right, fellow teammates, continue to move swiftly. We will talk more soon.
Jumping from me, it was a fall, it's a long 